Hey friends, what's up? Welcome back to Babylon Talmud. Today we're studying Daf Yudzai, Daf 17 of Masechta Beitzah. Friends, on Daf 17, we start off with a sugi that we, that may be familiar from Masechta Erevin, where we discussed this as well, the tefilis of uh, Yom Tiv, when it falls out on Shabbos. Um, uh, we'll likely be somewhat familiar just from our uh, practice on, on um, Yom Tiv. In terms of what Shimon Esrei we use and which brachas to say. And then we uh, go back to continuing about Eruve Tavshilin. What happens if you forgot to put out an Eruve Tavshilin? What if you ignored the fact that you didn't make an Eruve Tavshilin and you cooked anyways? What happens? Can you eat that? Um, and then we will conclude the daf with an alternative um, suggestion for the machlokas between regarding how many foods you need to prepare for an Eruve Tavshilin. Friends, let's jump in. Two lines from the top. Okay. Yom Tiv that falls out on Shabbos. You know, we have, uh, you know, Sukkot coming up. So what happens if the first day of Sukkot, of course, this year, all the Chagim are in the middle of the week, which makes uh, a nice challenge to you know, get in your work or, uh, between all the Yom Tif. Um Anyways, so so what happens though in years where the first day of Yom Tif, or Yom Tif is on Shabbos? So let's say the first day of Sukkot is a Shabbos. So in terms of Shmona Esrei, so which Shmona Esrei do you daven? So Bishame Omer Mispal Shmona. So Bishamai says you're going to daven in eight brachas Shmon Esrei. Now, generally on Shabbos and in Yom Tov, we have seven brachas in the Shmon Esrei. Of course, the, 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 the first three and the last three that are always there, Mogen Avram, Mechai Mesim, Atakadosh, and then Amach Zeshkenos Lodetzion, and Atoshim Cholchonei Lodos, and Amroi Chesam Yisobashalom. Those are in every Shmon Esrei. Now, on Shabbos and on Yom Tov, we add another bracha. You know, on Shabbos, Mekadosh HaShabbos, so now says Beishamai, you're gonna daven eight brachas in the Shmona Esrei when Yom Tif and Shabbos coincide. One for Shabbos, one for Yom Tif. Okay. So you have a separate bracha for Shabbos, separate bracha for Yom Tif. That that that's what Beishamai says. Beishel says you merge them. A merger. You have one additional bracha, kilu, the, the six regular ones, plus one more. And that is a merger between Shabbos and Yom Tif. Sheva says, Basil, you have seven brachas in the Shemonesri, Maschil Bashal Shabbos, Messiah Bashal Shabbos, Vomer Kedushas Hayum Beemtza. So, according to Bas Hillel, so you start with Shabbos, you end with Shabbos. What does it mean that you end with Shabbos? You say, Baruch HaTashem Mikadosh HaShabbos. So now, of course, we're going to see Rebbe's opinion in a second, which is what we do, which is Mikadosh HaShabbos V'Yisrael V'Azmanim. But says Basil, we don't mention Yisrael V'Azmanim. Rather, you'll have one bracha, you'll start with Shabbos, and then you'll move on to Yom Tif, and then you'll say, Baruch HaTashem Mikadosh HaShabbos. What does it mean that you start with Shabbos and then move on to Yom Tif? So, this is familiar for us, I'm sure. So, for example, Batitin Lanu, right, you'll start with the Atav, Chaton, Mikola Amim, Vatayisonu, Vatayisabanu, etc. Then we'll say, Batitin Lanu, Hashem, Elkenu. And first we say Shabbos. 
Ba'ava Shabbosus Limnucha, right? And then, uh, what was it? Shabbos Limnucha, Zmanim Lesosin, Chag Zmanim Lesosin, Es Yom, whatever the holiday is. So we first mention Shabbos, and then we mention the holiday, and then we go Viter, and then at the end we say, Baruch Hashem, Mikaydesh Shabbos. That is the opinion of Beis Hillel. Rebbe Omer says, Rebbe, while he agrees with Beis Hillel most of the way, he says, Avchosimba, that in the concluding bracha, you also mention the Yom Tif, which is, Mikadesh HaShabbos, Yisrael Ve'azmanim. That the Ebishter, who makes Shabbos holy, as well as makes the Yidin holy, who then decide when Rosh Chodesh is, and decide when the, the Zmanim are going to be, when the Yom Tovim are going to be. Right, Mikadesh HaShabbos, that the Ebishter makes Shabbos holy, every seven days, Memelish, the day becomes holy. And then Yisrael, the Ebishter makes the Yidin holy, and gives them the power to determine when Rosh Chodesh is. And then based, of course, as we know from uh, the you know recent dafs, based on whenever the Yin declare Rosh Chodesh, that is how we determine when the Chagim are going to be, right? You know, if if if, if Elo has thirty days, an extra right, uh, it's a it's a leap month. So then uh, Sukkot starts a day later. If Elo is twenty nine days, it's a shorter month. So then Sukkot starts a day earlier. Kelu. The Chagim start are determined based on when the Yidin establish the months. So basically, the Ebrish to make Shabbos holy Mimele, every seven days it becomes holy no matter what, nothing to do with us. Whereas the Yom Tovim are dependent on our input, on our participation in determining when the month starts. And then based on whenever the first day of the month is, which we determine, we then determine when the Yom Tovim start. So again, Mikadesh HaShabbos, the Ebrishter makes Shabbos holy, as well as the Yisrael also makes the Yidin holy, who in turn, the Azmanim, make the, you know, determine when Yom Tov is going to be. Tanitana, Kamadu Ravino, there was a teacher of Brisis who taught in front of Ravino, Mikadesh Yisrael, Ve'ashabbos, Ve'azman. So now he said, now this teacher said, that what Rebbe says is Mikadesh Yisrael, that the Ebrishter makes the Yidin, Holy, Ve'a Shabbos and Holy, and Shabbos, Ve'a Zmanim and the Yom Tovim, which implies that Kilu, that the Yidin determine when Shabbos is going to be. To which he says, Omerle, Ravina responds, Atu Shabbos is so What, do the Yidin determine when Shabbos is going to be? Shabbos happens every seven days, whether we, whether we determine it or not. It's a, it's irrelevant. It has nothing to do with us. Shabbos is Memele Holy, every seven days at sundown, Shabbos. Rather say that the Ebrister makes Shabbos holy, as well as the Yidin, who then in turn make the Yom Tovim holy. And Rav Yosef says that that Allah is like Rebbe, as Ravina explained just now, right, that the Ebrister makes Shabbos holy and makes the Yidin holy, who then make the Yom Tovim holy. So the Allah, what we do, at least Ashkenazim, I assume this Farim as well, is a combination between Beis Hillel and uh, Rebbe, which is that uh, when Yom Tiv falls out on Shabbos, we say the Yom Tiv Shmona Esrei, right? We go to the back of the Siddur, we say the Yom Tiv Shmona Esrei, that there is for Shachros, Mincha, and Mairiv. We say, Vatitin Lona Shem Lokinu Be'ahava, Shabbosos Limnucha, Moadim, whatever, Shabbosos Limnucha, Whatever it is, as Yom, whatever. So we start with Shabbos, we then move on to Yom Tif, and then we say Baruch Hashem, Mikdash Shabbos, Vesov, Azmanim. That is our Yom Tif, Dikeshmon Esrei, Givaldik.
What happens when Shabbos falls out on Rosh Chodesh? What do you do Shabbos Cholamoid? Ho-ho. So says the Gemara, Arvis v'shachris u'mincho. Okay, so when it comes to Mayriv, Shachris, and Mincho, what do you guys think? What do we do? Think back to, you know, we're going to we're gonna have Shabbos Cholamoid soon. What do we do? So it's a regular Shmoneso, you just say Yala Vyavo. Mispal Sheva, so you say the regular Shabbos Shmoneso. Vomim in Amore Bavod, and you say Yala Vyavo in Ritzei. Okay, so when Shabbos, you have Shabbos Rosh Chodesh or Shabbos Cholamoid, by Shachris, Mincha, and Mayriv, it's just going to be a regular Shabbos Dikashmones, right? And you say Yalav Yavu. Uv Musafin, Rabbi Lezer, Omer says Rabbi Lezer, no, whoa, I skipped. What was that? Vomim Enam or Bavoda. Vim Lo Omer Machzirin also. And of course, as probably I'm sure many of us are aware, if you forget to say Yalav Yavu, you have to go back and repeat the Shemun Esrei. Rabbi Leizer Omer Ba'odah, Rabbi Leizer says that um, this isn't, you know, this Yalav Yavu is not in Ritzei. Rather, we, we, we mention Rosh Chodesh or, or the Yontif in Hodah, in the Bracha after Ritzei. In Atoshim Cholchon Elodos, kind of like on uh, Purim and on Chanukah, we say Alanisin. So that so that's where you would insert um, the insert for the Yomtev according to Rabbi Eliezer. Uv Musafin. Okay, so that answers for Shachris, Mincha, and Mayrv. What about Musaf? Maschil b'shol Shabbos and Musayim b'shol Shabbos ve'omer Kedusha Sayom be'emtza. So when it comes to Musaf, however, you do the Yomtev Dike Shmune Esrei. Now when it comes to Musaf, however, right, so if you think about, um, you know, Shabbos Rosh Chodesh or Shabbos Yom, you know, Shabbos Cholamoid. So when it comes to Musaf, we then flip to the back of the sitter and we pull out the, um, the Shalosh Rugalim Musaf. And there we, again, we will mention Shabbos and then we'll mention the Musaf, the, right, the, 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 the festival. And then say, Brochata Hashem, Mikadish Yisrael, Mikadish Shabbos Yisrael, Ve'azmanim. Or if it's Rosh Chodesh, we'll say, um, what, what, what's that called? Um, on Rosh Chodesh, Atu Yotzarta, Olam Chamikedem. So, so uh, that'll be sort of a, a, a Rosh Chodesh version of the Shabbos Shmune Esrei. Um, but also the point being that you would start with Shabbos, mention Rosh Chodesh, and then say, Mikadesh HaShabbos V'Yisrael V'Azman, V'Rosh HaChodashim, I guess. Okay. Givaldi. Um Where are we? Reb Shem Ben Gamliel, Reb Shmo Ben Oshab Yochanan Ben Baroka Omim. Okay, so say um, that whenever you need a seven bracha shmoneser, so keilu on Shabbos Cholamoid, even Shachris Mincha and Mayriv, where right, it's a seven bracha shmoneser because it's Shabbos. So says Rabbi Shimon Gamliel and Rabbi Shmobno Shabbiochanim and Broka that on Shabbos Cholamoid or Shabbos Soschodes, even at Shachris, Mincha, and Mayriv, you would say Kilu a Yomtiv Dikeshmonesre. You would mention Shabbos and then the Yomtiv with Rosh Chodesh and then Mikadesh, Ashabbos, Vizrael, Vazmanim, or Rosh Chodoshim. Okay, so 
And from our own practice, we can confirm this, that when you have Shabbos Cholomoed or Shabbos Vashchodesh, Shachris, Mincha, and Mayriv is going to be the regular Shabbos Shmonesoy with Yalav Yavo, not Kilo Ayom Tevteke Shmonesoy. Omer B'chiyah Bar'ashi says the Holy of Chiyah Bar'ashi, Omer Rab, the name of Rab, Maniach Adam Eruv Etchumin Miyom Tev Lachavero Umasne. Ho ho. That a fellow can leave out an Eruve Tchumen from one Yom Tiv to the next and make a Tanai. Fellow friends, you hear this? So let's say you have uh, Yom Tiv Thursday, Friday. So you have Yom Tiv Thursday, Friday. So says that let's say you forgot to put out an Eruve Tchumen. You wanted to travel. Uh, from one place to the next. So, so what you could do is you could leave out an Eruve Truman on Thursday, I guess for Friday, and say, look, right? if we're assuming Sveka Dioma here, that one day is going to be Yom Tif, one day is technically speaking a weekday. So you could say, look, we have Yom Tif on Thursday and Friday. Mimele, one of them is Yom Tif, one of them isn't. So you can put out an Eruve Tchumen on Thursday for Friday and say, look, if today is Yom Tif, so Mimele, tomorrow is not. So I can travel wherever I want anyways. And if today is a weekday and tomorrow is Yom Tif, so I'm putting out an Eruve Tchumen on a weekday for, for Yom Tif. So Mimele says, Rav that um, that would be acceptable, you know, relying upon the Sveka Dioma, to be able to put out an Eruve Tchumen on Thursday for Friday. On my Rave, Maniachodim Eruve Tavshilin Miyomtiv Lachveru Masne. Says Rave, if uh, in the same situation, Yomtiv is Thursday, Friday, going into Shabbos, and he forgot to put out an Eruve Tavshilin on Wednesday, and now he's asking himself, what am I going to do? How can I prepare on Friday for Shabbos? So on Thursday, he could take a cook, you know, he could uh, take a cooked dish, and leave it out for um, for um, Shabbos. And he could say, it's very interesting though, Is he gonna, when's he going to cook the dish? Is he going to cook the dish on Thursday? Because then if he cooks the dish on Thursday, so then how can he cook something on Yom Tif for a different day? And if he's something that's already cooked, then does it count? I guess maybe that goes back to the Machlokas between Ravashi and Rava about how exactly... What, what, what's kind of the point of the Uvei Tavshilin? If it's that I'm starting to cook now for Yom Tif, so then maybe if it's already cooked, or for Shabbos, then maybe if it's already cooked, then uh, that wouldn't necessarily work. Interesting, Shiloh. But at least, so regardless of when he's going to be cooking this food, that sounds like an interesting question, but in terms of the actual Eruv itself, the Uvei Tavshilin, Rav says, look, you can make an Uvei Tavshilin on Thursday and say, Mimonavshah. If today is Yom Tif, tomorrow Friday is not Yom Tif, so I could be cooking anyways on Friday for Shabbos. And if today is a weekday, so I'm just putting on my Eruvet Tavshilin today, and therefore I'll be able to cook tomorrow on Yom Tif based on the fact that I'm putting on Eruvet Tavshilin today on a weekday. So Kelu says Rava, you could put out an Eruvet Tavshilin on Thursday for Friday, uh, and, and it'll work.
Man the Omer Uve Trumen Koshkin Uve Tavshilin. Rav Chiva Ashi says that you're allowed to put it out in Uve Trumen on Thursday for Friday. So Mimele, you can also put out a, a, an Uve Tavshilin from Thursday for Friday. Man the Omer Uve Tavshilin Aval Uve Trumen Lo. But Rave, who says that you could put out in Eruve uh, Tavshilin from Thursday for Friday, um, but he would say that you would not be allowed to do the same for Eruve Tchumen. My timer, what's the, what's the difference between Eruve Tavshilin versus Eruve Tchumen? Why are we more stringent when it comes to Eruve Tchumen? Because to be Kona Shvisa on Shabbos, right, to be Kona Shvisa on Shabbos, and as Rashi points out, we don't necessarily mean Shabbos, you know, Yom Tov is also called Shabbos, very interesting. So, to be able to be Kona Shvisa, because that's the whole thing of Eruve Truman, is that you're basically putting out some bread somewhere and saying, this is where I'm spending Shabbos, Kona Shvisa, this is where I'm spending Shabbos, at the, at the location of my bread. So, to be able to, on Shabbos, or Yom Tiv, to be Kona Shvisa, to say that this is where I'm going to be uh, spending sort of the next day of Yom Tiv, so, so that doesn't work already on Yom Tiv. But in Eruve Tavshilin, you would be able to uh, make that stipulation and make the tanai in order to cook uh, on Friday of Yom Tif for Shabbos. All right, very interesting stuff. Tanur Rabban the Rabbis taught in Ofim Yom Tif Lachaveru. Okay, you can't cook from one Yom Tif to the next Yom Tif. There's a goes with Tzunim over here that changed it from from uh, Yom Tif for Shabbos and certainly not from Yom Tif for a weekday. Okay, Be'emesarmu they said. It's interesting. We said, so we say that a woman would be allowed to fill up an entire pot of meat even though she only needs one piece of it. And the point being that it, because it doesn't take any more effort to cook an entire pot of meat versus to cook one piece of meat. At least once it's going. Right? 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 If you're going to have a big pot and you're going to be making, you're already cooking one piece of meat. So... And then the fire doesn't have to work any harder to cook more pieces of meat. So therefore, it's considered one effort, and that would be acceptable. Even though she only needs one piece of meat, but once she's already cooking it, she can fill up the pot. A baker could fill up a um, barrel and you know fill it up with water, even though he really only needs one pitcher. Because also, you know, once the water is flowing into the barrel. You know, it does, it's not any more difficult to just let it fill up more. Avalefos in ofe, but um, to bake, you can only bake alamashitzarichlo only what you need because to bake each bread you have to put into the oven, you have to take it out of the oven. It's going to be more, uh, you know, have to put it, uh, stick it up on the wall, take it down. It's more of an effort for each individual bread. That a woman is allowed to fill up the entire oven with bread. Because there is a real nafkamina between one loaf of bread versus many breads. In that um, the bread bakes better when the oven is full. And therefore, you know, you, you, you want to fill up the oven so you can cook the, so you can bake the bread better. So, so therefore, says Rabshim ben Elazar, that you'd be allowed to fill up the oven with bread so that the bread bakes better. Rava says that this is taka you could fill up the oven with the bread so that they bake better. Okay, so a fellow forgot to put out, or deliberately didn't put out, whatever it is, he didn't put out an eruve 
Tavshilin. Okay. Hu Nasser Vikimcho Nasser. So do we say that maybe Taka we are talking about somebody who forgot because we had seen opinions recently about people who don't put out every Tavshilin. Maybe they're called a Poshea. So maybe people wouldn't be allowed to even cook for them. Let's see. Let's assume maybe somebody forgot to put out Nirva Tavshilin. So who Nasser Vikimcho Nasser? So do we say that? Okay, so he's not allowed to cook on Friday for Shabbos because he didn't put out an Erevet Tavshilin. Now, what if people are, are going to cook for him? So he's not allowed to cook. But what if people are going to cook for him? So, so if they want to use his kemach, his flour, would they be allowed to use his flour? Right, so Kilu, he's not allowed to cook or bake because he didn't put out an Erevet Tavshilin. But would somebody be allowed to use his ingredients in order to cook for him? Or is that not allowed? He would actually have to give his ingredients to that other person so that now the other person owns it and then that person can cook with those ingredients once they already own it, right? So, Kilu, is somebody else allowed to... So, if somebody did not put out an Eruvet Shilin and somebody else, his friend, is going to cook for him, is his friend allowed to cook for him with... Um, you know, his ingredients, right? Ruven forgot to put out Nehruvet Tavshilin and Shimon's cooking for him. Can Shimon cook for him with Ruven's own ingredients? Or does Ruven have to give over, give away his ingredients to Shimon so that now they're Shimon's and then Shimon can cook, you know, what are now Shimon's ingredients for Ruven? So he borrowed the Asakasha. Ruven forgot to put out Nehruvet Tavshilin. So do we say that Ruven's not allowed to cook? And also, even if Shimon's going to cook for him, Shimon would not be allowed to use Ruvain's flour. Ruvain would have to give his, give away his flour to Shimon. Or do we say that while Ruvain is not allowed to cook, there's nothing wrong with his flour, and Shimon can use Ruvain's flour to cook for Ruvain? What is the nafkemine? Does he have to give his give away? Does Ruvain have to give away his flour to Shimon? If you say that Ruvain is not allowed to cook and also his flour is off limits, so So then if Shimon's going to cook for Ruvain, Ruvain would have to give away his flour to Shimon so that Shimon can use it to cook. And if you say that while Ruvain is not allowed to cook, there's nothing wrong with his uh, flour. So Lotzarch Laknuya Kimchalachem, Ruven does not need to give away his flour to Shimon. Shimon can just um, use Ruven's flour to cook for Ruven. My, so what do we say? Tashma coming here. Mishalaniach Eruvitavshilin. Okay. A fellow didn't put out an Eruvitavshilin. Ruven in our case. Harizet lo Yofev lo Yivashov lo Yatman. Okay, so he can't bake, he can't cook, he can't insulate things to keep them hot. Not for himself and not for other people. Okay, fine. He didn't put out Neruvet Tavshilin. Basically, he can't cook for Shabbos. And guess what? Shimon can't cook for Ruven either. So what's Ruven supposed to do? Is he supposed to starve? So Well, what Ruven can do is he can give away his flour to Shimon and then Shimon can bake for him, can cook for him. So we see from here that Ruven is not allowed to cook and also his 
products is 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 kemach, his flour becomes asr, i.e., he would have to give it away to Shimon. Once that happens, then Shimon can use Ruvain's ingredients to cook for Ruvain. Now they want to know what if Ruvain ignored ignored the uh, the rules. Ruvain didn't put out an Eruve Tavshilin. So he's not allowed to cook from Friday of Yom Tif for Shabbos. But he does so anyways. He knows exactly what he's doing. He knows he's not allowed to, but he does it anyways. Now what? Toshma. So if Ruven didn't put out an Eruv Tavshilin, so what does he do? So we said that um, he gives away his flour to Shimon, and then Shimon can bake and cook for him. And if this is also an option, that i.e., if Ruven would end up just cooking for himself, he would still be allowed to eat it, well, then less than so then, let the Bryce also say, by the way, if Ruven ignored the rules and cooked anyways, he'd be allowed to eat it. So from the fact that we don't mention that, from the fact that we, Lemaise, leave that out, so then, Mimele, it means that if Ruven went ahead and cooked anyways, um, he would not be allowed to eat that food, as it is left out in the Brysa in terms of uh, ways that would be permissible for him to eat. To which Rav Adamasna says that is not necessarily proof because our Mishnah, I'm sorry, this Brisa is listing sort of permitted ways to be able to eat, right? Meaning uh, we're, things that we recommend that Ruvain should do, such as if you didn't put out an Irvita Shilam, so then Shimon, you could give away his flour to Shimon and Shimon can bake for him and that's completely fine. We're not talking about a situation as what if Ruven ignored the rules and cooked anyways. Can he eat it or not? We're not discussing, we're not going there. So therefore it's not necessarily proof to say that he wouldn't be, that, that the food would be osir. We just, we didn't go down that route. It's not clear what the Allah would be in that case. Toshma, komenir. Okay, a fellow puts out an eruve tavshilin, so he could bake, he could cook, he could insulate. That sounds amazing. If he wants to eat his Eruv Tavshilin, the, the cooked food that he put out for his Eruv, he could do that. If he ate the Eruv Tavshilin, however, before he baked, or before he cooked, or before he insulated, well then, well then he cannot bake, cook, or insulate. Not for him, not for other people. And other people can't bake or cook for him. But he would be allowed to cook for Yom Tiv. And if there's leftover, he can eat it on Shabbos. As long as he doesn't be tricky. And if he was tricky, then it's Usher. Wow, there was a lot over there. What do we say? Basically, we have a brysa. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll read it again in a second. Basically, we have a b'risa that says that you got to make an Erev Tavshilin. And if you don't make an Erev Tavshilin, then you're not allowed to cook and stuff. And you're allowed to eat your Erev Tavshilin, but be careful. Because if you eat your Erev Tavshilin before you cook on Friday, well, then you don't have an Erev Tavshilin anymore to, to cook with, meaning to cook relying upon, based upon. So therefore, while you're allowed to eat your Erev Tavshilin, make sure 
that you only eat the Eruvit Tavshilin after you're done cooking. Because once, once you're, um, if you eat it beforehand, although we're going to see maybe once you already start cooking, then maybe you're good. Maybe at that point you could already eat it, whatever it is. But if you, for sure, if you eat the Eruvit Tavshilin before you start cooking on Friday, well, then you're not going to be able to use the Eruvit Tavshilin. So be careful. And, and we said, and, but what's the solution if a person doesn't have an Eruvit Tavshilin? Well, he could cook for Yom Tiv Mimele, right? For Friday, he's allowed to cook anyways. And if there's leftovers, so then the leftovers, he can eat on Shabbos, no problem. But don't be sneaky. You wouldn't be allowed to, you know, you know, obviously cook more than you need. You know, if you only need one pot, don't be cooking two pots and saying, oh yeah, maybe guests are going to come over. But you're not planning to have guests. And then you end up cooking for Shabbos also. Like, don't be sneaky. If Mimele, you have leftovers, there's nothing wrong with eating the leftovers on Shabbos. Okay, so let's read this again. Toshma, come in here. A fellow leaves out an Eruvit Tavshilin. If you want to eat your Eruvit Tavshilin, that's fine. But but if you eat it before you cook, well then well then you can't use it anymore and you're not going to be able to cook. Not for himself, not for other people. Other people cannot cook for him either. Although we said earlier that maybe it could be makne is stuff to other people and then they can't. But what he can do in any event is he would be allowed to cook for that day for yomtiv, so he's got food for yomtiv. And if there's leftovers, so fine, he can eat it on Shabbos. What's the problem? But he shouldn't be sneaky. He shouldn't make a double amount and say, well, maybe who knows, maybe people are going to come over. And Mimele is going to have food for Shabbos. Don't, don't, don't be sneaky. And if he was sneaky, he's not allowed to eat that food on Shabbos. If he cooked, you know, twice the amount that he needed, because maybe people will end up coming over, even though he's not expecting anybody, well, that food is off limits. So what do we want to say? So we want to say that if he deliberately was sneaky, he's not allowed to eat this food. So let's also say that if a fellow deliberately, he's not necessarily sneaky, he just deliberately cooks on Friday for Shabbos, even though he didn't make an Eruvit Tavshilin, he also shouldn't be allowed to eat the food, just like when he's deliberately sneaky. To which Ravashi says, not necessarily. Being sneaky is worse than being deliberate. That when it says Ravashi, when it comes to being sneaky, the rabbis are more stringent with sneakers than um, with with people who are bemazed, people who are deliberately going against halacha. Because at least somebody who deliberately goes against halacha, at least he's aware of the fact that he's being a nudnik. And maybe at some point he'll do tshuva. And if other people see that he's being a nudnik, they're going to say, oh, that guy is just being a nudnik. They're not going to learn from him. Sneaky is different. Sneaky is worse. Because maybe then he can convince himself, oh, I'm not really doing anything wrong. Anyways, I'm allowed to cook on Yom Tif. I'm cooking, who knows, maybe people will come. He can kind of, you know, rationalize it and justify it. And therefore, the chance of him doing tshuva is less because in his mind, he's really not doing anything so bad. Other people see him and then they learn from him and they say, oh, maybe that's, a, maybe that's an okay thing to do. It's much worse. And therefore, says Ravashi, that when the Bryce says that if you're sneaky, then you're not allowed to eat it, um, maybe that's not necessarily a proof that if you intentionally um, cooked on Yom Tiv without Nehru Tavshilin that you should not be allowed to eat it because maybe we take um, sneakers uh, uh, more strict, more strictly, a more strict approach, a more severe approach to the sneakers than to the um, deliberators. Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak Omar Homani Chanan Yehi Valibid Beishamai, whereas Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak says that the author of this brisa, so meaning, whereas Rav Ashi says you cannot, you know. 
draw any conclusions from sneaky people to, to deliberate people. Um, Rav Nachum Baitzik says maybe you can draw a conclusion. However, this is the opinion specifically of Beis Shammai according to Hananya. The Tanya is learning a Brisa. Hananya Omer says Hananya Beis Shammai Omer says Beis Shammai Eid Ofen El Imkin Erev Bepas. You can only uh, bake on Yom Tif if you made Neruve Tavshilin with bread. Vein Mavashin El Imkin Erev Betavshil. You can only cook if you made Neruve Tavshilin with a cooked food. Vein Tomlin El Imkin and you can only insulate things on Yom Tif if you, you know, had things insulated already from before Yom Tif. So we see that Beishamai sort of had this, has this stringent approach where you can only cook or bake or insulate if you had already cooked or baked or insulated from before Yom Tif. Whereas Beisil say, it says Basil, you can just use one cooked food, make an Eruve Tavshilin, and then you can cook, bake, insulate, all that. So we see that According to Hananya, Shammai is being particularly stringent when it comes to Eruvet uh, Shilin. So you could, so therefore, we want to argue that the opinion that says that if you are sneaky when it comes to Eruvet Shilin, you're not you're not allowed to eat it. Maybe that's specifically Beishamai according to Hananya, but that's not necessarily the halacha. And therefore, maybe if you're sneaky, I guess you would be able to eat it potentially. And therefore, if you do it on purpose, maybe you can also eat it. Right? We ju- we just don't know. Uh, a fellow separates Trumas and Maisus on Shabbos. Now, you know, we, we don't separate Trumas and Maisus on Shabbos. It's actually going to be the, 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 uh, next, the next Mishnah that's coming up at the bottom of, te, of, of the Omer, which we'll get to tomorrow. So if he separated the Trumas and Maisus by accident, okay, Seder, it's only mean Durabonon that we don't separate Trumas and Maisus. So if you did it by accident, it's fine. If you do it, if you did it on purpose, then you're not allowed to eat the food. So what do we see? We see that if you do something on purpose, it's awesome. So let's say that if you purposely cook on Friday for Shabbos without an Eruvet Tavshilin, so I would say that you're not allowed to eat the food, just like you're not allowed to eat the, the food that you separated Trumas and Maisus on purpose on Shabbos. You could argue that, no, by Trumas and Maisus, if you did it on purpose, you're not allowed to eat the food, because there, you have other food that you can eat, so just eat the other food. But over here, you don't have other food to eat, so maybe you would be able to eat the food that you cooked on Friday without an Eruvet Tavshilin. Toshma Komenir, Hamad Bukelev B'Shavaz, B'Shogeg Yishtamish Boen, B'Mezid Lo Yishtamish Boen. Also, as we're going to learn in the next Mishnah, um, we don't put things in the Mikveh on Shabbos, uh, on, on Shabbos or Yom Tif. We don't put things in the Mikveh. So, so, um, okay, so it, but if you did by accident, Seder, so you could use them. If you did it on purpose, well, then you can use them. So we want to say the same thing over here. If you cook on purpose, just like if you put something in the mikveh, kalim in the mikveh on purpose on Yom Tif or on Shabbos, you're not allowed to use them. So also if you intentionally cook on Friday for Shabbos, you shouldn't be allowed to eat the food. You could say no, but when it comes to the vessels that we say you're not allowed to use it, if you did it on purpose, maybe it's because you have other vessels you could use. Or that you can always um, borrow other people's vessels if you need, but that might not be the case by food. Maybe if you did it on purpose, you would be able to eat it. Okay. We have a Bryce that says that if a fellow cooks on Shabbos by accident, he can eat it. On purpose, he can't eat it. So again, let's say that if he cooks for Yom Tif, for, for Shabbos on Friday, that's Yom Tif, he should not be allowed to eat it if he does it on purpose. He's through the Shabbos Shani to which we say, well, maybe when it comes to Shabbos, which is Nisr Skila, 
we, you know, it's, it's, it's a bigger deal. So that's why if he cooks on purpose, on Shabbos, he's not allowed to eat the food. But um, maybe if he cooks on Yom Tif for Shabbos, which is only in Isidur Abonon, um, so maybe maybe we would say that he would be allowed to eat it. Okay, so it seems like it's unresolved. We don't quite know what to do if a fellow um, deliberately cooks on um, Friday without Nehruvitavshilin for Shabbos. But we, we haven't succeeded in saying that it, that you would not be allowed to eat it. So, okay, says, uh, okay, so, okay, so the last part of the Mishnah says, Beishame Omishne Tavshilin. So Beishame had said that you need two cooked foods. Basil says that you can have one cooked food. Masisin Zloke Aitana Detanya. This, our Mishnah is not like the following, uh, Brisa. Um, Rabshim ben Elazar says, Rabshim ben Elazar, Modu Beishame Beisil Ashne Tavshilin Shitzarek. That says Rabshim ben Elazar, that both Beishame and Beisil agree that you need two cooked foods. Beisil also says you need two cooked foods. Amanechliku, what do they argue about? What can sit, what's considered two cooked foods? Aldog Uveitsa Sha'alov. If you have a fish that you basted with some egg on it, is that considered two foods or one food? Shebeshami says, look, you need two cooked foods. Fish with some egg on it is not considered two cooked foods. And Basil says, look, this would be fine. You know, in this case, this cooked fish with um, some egg on it would be enough. That would be fine. Vishavim she'im pirper beitza v'nosan l'sochadog but they both Bishami and Basil agree that if you break up an egg and put it on some fish so you have like a, you know a cooked egg and cooked fish and you make a shidduch oh sherise kaflutis or that you cut up um, leeks v'nosan l'sochadog and you put that in the fish that sounds very nice shen shnitavshilin so that would be considered two cooked foods. You have two, you know, you have leeks and fish or eggs and fish. That would be considered two cooked foods because they're cooked, you know, on, on their own right. On my Rave, Hilchasa Ketana Didon Valibid Beisilel says Rave that the is like our Tana and our Mishnah, according to Beisilel, that you need one cooked food and that is enough. If he ate the Eruvet Tavshilin or it got lost and he hadn't yet cooked for Shabbos on Friday of Yom Tif, so then you, you missed your chance, you lost the Eruv. So Abai Naktinon, Hischa Bisasov and Echel Eruvo Gomer says, Abai, if a fellow began already baking bread and then um, his Eruvet Tavshilin got eaten, no problem, he could, um, he can continue baking, he can continue with, with making his bread. Um, all right, friends, that was Daf Yudzayin of Mesech Tebeah. Very interesting Daf. So the first part of the Daf talked about um, Shemona Esrei on Shabbos and Yom Tov. So we say that when Yom Tov is Mamash on Shabbos, so then in basically in all the Tefilis, in Shachris, in Mincha, in Mayriv, so we're going to say Yom Tov Dikr Shemona Esrei. And we mention Shabbos and Yom Tov, and we say Baruch HaTashem Mekadesh HaShabbos Vesov Azmanim. When... Uh, you have Shabbos of Cholamoid or Shabbos Rosh Chodesh. So in that case, Shachris, Mincha, and Mayriv are going to be a regular Shabbos Shmoneser. And you'll just say, Yale V'yavo. And at Musaf, you know, you'll, and you'll say, uh, you'll say, uh, Yom Tevzika or Rosh Chodesh Dika Musaf and say, Baruch Hashem Mekadish Shabbos Vistrov Azmanu. Very, very interesting. Um, fine. We saw according to Beishamai that when uh, Yom Tov falls out on Shabbos, it would be eight brachas. It would be, you'd, uh, have seven brachas for, um, Shabbos and for Yom Tov. But Basil says, and that's of course what we do, is just seven and you kind of make a merger 
between Shabbos and Yom Tif, and then we rely, and then we, we pass in like Rebbe, who says that we say, Baruch HaTashem HaKadosh HaShabbos V'Yisrael V'Azmanim. We saw the opinions of Rav Chibar Ashi Omarav and Rava about Eruvei Tchumen and Eruvei Tavshilin from one Yom Tif to the next. That Rav Chibar Ashi says that you're allowed to uh, make an Eruvei Tchumen if you have two days of Yom Tif during the week and it's a Sveke Dioma, you're allowed to put out an Eruvei Tchumen from one day to the next and make a Tanai and say, look, if today's Yom Tif, so then forget it, but that also means tomorrow's not Yom Tif so, the, so I could travel wherever I want. And if today's not Yom Tif, so then I'm putting on Eruvei Tchumen for tomorrow, which is Yom Tif. And the same thing for Eruvei Tavshilin. Rava says that when it comes to Eruvei Tavshilin, if Thursday, Friday is Yom Tif, so you can make an Eruvei Tavshilin on Thursday and say, look, Today's a weekday, so this is my Eruvei Tavshilin. If today is Yom Tov, so Mimele, tomorrow's a weekday, and I can cook for Shabbos anyways. Um, fine. Then we get up to a situation, what happens when a person does not put out an Eruvei Tavshilin? So we say that if, you know, Reuven forgets to put out an Eruvei Tavshilin, and Shimon's going to cook for him, so Reuven has to sort of give away his ingredients to Shimon in order for Shimon to be able to cook for him. And then we got up to the question of, well, what happens if he um, cooked anyways? What happens if Reuven cooks anyways, intentionally? Can he eat the food? We tried to bring proofs one way or the other, but we didn't um, quite resolve, re, re, um, you know, bring a definitive proof either way. And then we got to an alternative understanding of the machlokas between Beis Shammai and Beis regarding the Eruvei Tavshilin. How many foods do you need? In our Mishnah, we had said that Beis Shammai says you need two foods. Beis said that you need one food. Over here, um, we have an alternative reading by Rav Shem Ben Elazar, who says that... Um, Actually, both Beisham and Beisil agree that you need two foods. The question is, what if you have fish that you baste with some egg? Is that considered one food or two foods? Beisham says it's considered only one food, whereas Beisil says that's fine, that would be considered two foods. Um, and then we saw an interesting opinion of Abai at the end, which is that once you already start cooking, or in his case, baking, if the Ayurved Tavshilin gets eaten, so you can continue, which is very interesting. Friends, that was the Fyudzayin of Masech the Beitzah. I hope you enjoyed. Cheers.